Welcome to the Word Podcast. The Lord God has given us His Word. Let us learn it. Let us live it. Let us rejoice in it. Spread the Word. Blessings, everybody. This is Dale. Thank you so much for joining with me today on the Word Podcast. We continue where we left off in the last episode in Nehemiah chapter 9. And if you remember, uh, the people of the Lord, the assembly had gathered together and they are repenting uh, for their sins and they're confessing some things. The initial thing that they're confessing is the goodness of the Lord. Okay, They start off at the beginning of this ninth chapter. It's quite a a lengthy uh, uh, prayer and proclamation, declaration. And they declare the goodness of God and they go back to the beginning and how God uh, created the heavens and the earth, how God called out uh, their forefather Abraham from Ur the Chaldees, how the Lord had called them out of, uh, had given them a land, okay, how the Lord had called them out of Egypt, how he parted the Red Sea for them, how he had provided for them in every way. And then the last verse we looked at in the last episode was verse 25. So let's pick it up there. And it says this, and they captured fortified cities and a rich land and took possession of houses full of all good things. Cisterns already hewn, vineyards, olive orchards, and fruit trees in abundance. So they ate and were filled and became fat and delighted themselves in your great goodness. So as we saw earlier, this is showing us how when they entered that land, that everything was already there for them. Cities were already built. The land was already uh, cleared and plowed and cultivated for them to plant again. They took possessions of houses. The cisterns were already hewn. Things that normally take a long period of time to bring forth fruit, like vineyards and olive orchards and fruit trees, were already in abundance. And so the people ate, and they were filled, and they became fat, and they delighted themselves in God's goodness. It's not necessarily negative, okay? Uh, the fat thing, it just means that they were living well off the land, though it could be a negative thing. Uh, it, there's a couple different ways of looking at that. Delighted themselves in your great goodness could mean that they delighted in the goodness of the blessing of God and forgot what God had done for them, or that they truly were delighting themselves in his great goodness, and these blessings were a portion of that. Uh, the next verse probably gives us a little more insight. Verse 26 begins with that word, nevertheless. And nevertheless, what does that mean? Well, the idea is that in spite of all this, in spite of everything that was just listed that the Lord had done for them, in spite of his faithfulness, in spite of it all, nevertheless, they were disobedient and rebelled against you and cast your law behind their back and killed their prophets who had warned them in order to turn them back to you And they committed great blasphemies. And so, again, they are giving praise to God. They're recounting his faithfulness. But they're also recounting the iniquities of their forefathers. (coughs) The iniquities of their forefathers. They're dealing with their sins, too. But they're talking about the iniquities of their forefathers. And, And they're saying, we know what they did. We know that they were disobedient to you, even in spite of everything you did. And we know they rebelled against you. And we know that they didn't listen to your law. And they literally cast the law behind their back. It means they threw it behind them. And the prophets that came forth and warned them and told them to go back to commandments, they literally killed them. The ones that warned them about committing these great blasphemies, they literally killed them. So, verse 27, therefore, you gave them 
into the hand of their enemies who made them suffer. And in the time of their suffering, they cried out to you and you heard them from heaven. And according to your great mercies, you saved them and you gave them saviors who saved them from the hand of their enemies. So you see this throughout the Old Testament, how the people of the Lord would turn against God, would not be faithful to his commandments. And uh, the Lord would just thought, okay, you don't want to be, listen, then you'll suffer the fruit of it. We see the same thing in Romans 1, where uh, three times God says that he gave them over. He gave them over to their desires. He gave them over to their sins. So God gave them over and gave them over to their enemies. Well, then they would cry to God and God would hear them. And according to his great mercy, he would come down and he would save them. He would bring forth somebody that would help and that would deliver them from the hands of the enemies. And you may be thinking while you're reading this and listening to it, well, what does this have to do with uh, their situation at this time, their circumstance? Well, they are acknowledging God and how he has handled them in the past, their forefathers and them, and how they had turned aside from him and how God had been faithful and merciful to forgive them and to save them and to rescue them because they're going to be calling for the same thing. Verse 28. But after they had rest... They did evil again before you, and you abandoned them to the hand of their enemies, so that they had dominion over them. Yet, when they turned and cried to you, you heard from heaven, and many times you delivered them according to your mercies. And so they're acknowledging, hey, this was a pattern of behavior, okay? And this went on for generations and generations and centuries and centuries, but God was faithful and always merciful. Verse 29, and you warned them in order to turn them back to your law. Yet they acted presumptuously and did not obey your commandments, but sinned against your rules, which if a person does them, he shall live by them. And they turn a stubborn shoulder and stiffen their neck and would not obey. I'll tell you what, folks. The same thing is happening today within the professing body of Christ, particularly within the religious organizational body of Christ. And, you know, there's uh, debate and divisions among all portions of the body of Christ. Some are more prevalent uh, than others at this time. And we, we've seen it through with denominations over the last 20, 30, 40 years, even when certain ones will be sort of the light and rod and focus of the moment. And uh, that's happening right now with a particular denomination. And it's over things which are absolutely foolish, absolutely foolish, because they are things which the Scripture is point blank clear about. Okay? It's point blank clear uh, and and it's, a lot of times it's centered around sexuality of some form. And in this case, it's uh, homosexuality. Uh, shock, shock, right? And that uh, there's a major movement afoot and has been for decades within this denomination, uh, particularly by the leadership, by the top, top leadership to allow those who are uh, homosexual uh, to be in leadership positions uh, all across the board. And these are unrepentant. In other words, they do not believe that homosexuality is a sin. What it really gets down to <coughs> is what they believe about the Word of God. And they don't believe the Word of God exactly like we're seeing right here. Okay, They don't obey the commandments. They don't give heed to the instruction of the Lord. They stiffen their neck. They turn their stubborn shoulders. And they don't obey. 
And then all of a sudden they wonder, well, why are we not unified? Why are we not united? You know, why can't everybody just get along? If we just agree to get along, it'll be fine. You can think what and believe what you want to think and believe, and we can think and believe what we want to think and believe. But God loves us all. That's what these people will say. That God loves us all, and you know, we're really of the same faith. Well, you know what? They're really not of the same faith. Okay, they're really not. Because if you deny the word of God, then you are experiencing a false gospel. You can sit there and all you want to and stand up and tell all your stories and tell all your accounts and, and your Sunday school classes or from the pulpit and say that you're preaching the gospel, and you're not. You're preaching a false gospel. You're living a false gospel. And the bottom line is this. You are a fraud of the true faith. Okay, If you believe that, you're a fraud of the true faith. And it's, it's, times are drawing near right now to where you're going to have to make a decision. Okay, You're going to have to decide, do I really believe what God says in his word or do I believe what man says about it and what everybody else wants me to do? Okay, The children of Israel were like, were like that. They failed many, many times. I tell you, we need not fail because we even have a greater truth than they have. I tell you what, I'll continue on with this. My time's up right now, but we'll continue next time. Again, I'm Dale. I'll see you then. Goodbye.